yeah so there's i mean so what's going on is you're seeing like a lot of like reactions to uh this song in uh like the the twitter verse we'll say there are, I would imagine there are a number of hot takes about this song. So yeah, it is kind of extremely online. Like you've got people who are absolutely hating it. You've got people who are praising it. It's like all over the spectrum. And some of the takes are just uh, absolutely garbage. I mean, I don't necessarily ascribe to thinking you should ever listen to what celebrities say anyway. Right. I did see a very, very interesting take in The Federalist about this song. I didn't read it. I just saw the headline and went, oh, you're not gonna get me with that shit, Federalist. You know, it was like, Taylor Swift's new song is an ode to elitism or something. (laughs) I'm gonna read about basketball. Yeah, no, I'm not absolutely, like, I will, usually there's there's very few uh, headlines when I see in The Federalist that I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna read this. Most of the time, I'm like, hey, I wonder if that girl on Bumble who's into Muggsy Bogues is going gonna, is gonna to swipe on me. Because now I want to have a discussion about the shortest basketball player in the NBA. I mean, I get it. We're all, we're all looking for our Muggsy friend, you know? Yeah, we all want our one friend who all we have in common is Muggsy Bogues. We're talking about the song uh, "You Need to Calm Down" by Taylor Swift. Yes, this is good. and the, and the, this intro is going to require a hefty amount of editing. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, so this is a new Taylor Swift song. It's called "You Need to Calm Down," and it is I don't know. It sounds like a fucking Lord song to me. Yeah, I would I would definitely say definitely in that vein of very. Not necessarily simple, but really uh, small-scale electronic beat. Yes. Clearly clearly Taylor Swift, uh, she is a pop star now, and she is all about pop music, which, I mean, she has been for a while now. Yeah, this is not a new development. I like this song, though. I like this. Do you like that? Like, musically, I like the song. I do like this song. I do actually very much like this song. Some of the... The lyrics, though, I'm like, uh, all right, I get it. Oh, yeah, it. I would I would argue all of the lyrics are like that to me, but I guess we'll get into it. Yeah, this, well, yeah, I guess uh, probably the easiest way would be just to get into it. All right, so this song starts out, which also, quick question, have you watched the music video for this song? I have not, but I had it explained to me, if that counts. <laughs> Was it, was it, did you read a Voxplainer about? <laughs> no, no, it was just, Julie was like, so I get like, like, she kind of was like, yeah, it's like weird. And there's like trailer park stuff and Katy Perry's in it. And I was just like, yeah, that doesn't sound yeah like something I want to spend three minutes witnessing for myself. It's like, it was basically the way that she explained it made me feel about it the way I felt about the Federalist article about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, some some extremely online discourse. Uh, Taylor Swift posted a photo like two or three weeks ago and like tagged Katy Perry and it was um, a plate of chocolate chip cookies, the most garbage looking chocolate chip cookies that I've ever seen. Like just, just you know, poorly, poorly put together. I assume they came out of a box, like, or out of a, a bag you get in the in the grocery store, and with like 
like shitty like red icing that like it's all over now or something like that like some sort of like ba- they're they're they've made up uh, and they're this, friends they squashed the beef in other words they, they squashed the beef yeah. and mostly she was getting dragged by people uh posting that uh taylor does not have very good trad wife skills which i think plays plays poorly with her demographic right <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but all right so yeah so of course then Katy perry appears in the music video but so the song and the you know i think it's important to also i'm, I'm gonna like mention things from the music video that like set me off so really quick let, can i can we just before we even do that have a conversation about like to what extent should a music video color an interpretation of a song because i my perspective is like not at all do you remember that uh, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen song, Call Me Maybe? Do you remember the music video to that? I do remember that, yeah. Because I remember, like, talking with people about that song, and people would be like, yeah, that song's about, you know, falling in love with, like, a gay guy. And I was like, it is? Like, I didn't... I was, like, really looking at those lyrics to try to figure out what I was missing. Like, what... Where does it say that in this song? Where does it even, like, hint at that? And then I realized, oh, everybody's just interpreting it because that's what happens in the music video. This is coming from the the like the textual analysis of like you can take like literally what's available in the text and try to extrapolate meaning from that. And um, when an author was dead, all you could do is maybe look to their life or look to um, what was going on in society to potentially extrapolate any additional meaning. Right. And I think with music videos, uh, you get this potentially a sense of like what the artist was also me- like, what is their actual meaning? Cause they're able to use this visual medium on top of right. uh, their lyrics to give further meaning. And I think that, I guess for me, it's like, there's, there's the music video is its own medium right it's its own piece of culture and then the song is also a piece of culture and you can analyze them both but i think that when we're talking about the songs the music videos are just like this other thing because i think that like that is a lot of like the director and i don't know how much like the songwriters are involved in that process yeah i guess that's true and i think probably it varies from artist to artist right that's true that's true but i mean i will say this for i so i guess this will be the last thing i say about the music video probably actually probably not <laughs> but um like there's like a few lines in this song that i was like i don't think you can say that i don't think that's okay <laughs> and then i saw the music video i was like oh okay so this is this is kind of like a LGBT anthem. Anthem. Or attempting to be an LGBT anthem. Well, and we'll talk about, yeah, whether whether it succeeds in that or not. Because my kind of perspective is it's really not. But but let's, let's, let's dive into this. Let's dive. So you are somebody that I don't know, but you're taking shots at me like it's Patron. And I want to I wanna clarify, it's not you are somebody that I don't know, it's you are somebody that I don't know. She is accenting these weird, like she's accenting on the third syllable of the word somebody, even though the word is somebody, not somebody. Yeah. And same with Patron, she accents it like Patron instead of Patron. Yeah. This is just like a, an annoying thing that I hate in songs. But in this song, in the context of this song, it makes her, like, the way that she does it sounds vaguely Hispanic. 
Were you? Did you yeah. pick up on that vibe? The like she was kind of doing this like. Yeah, I didn't. So I I wouldn't say that I necessarily picked up on that. I I got from the way that this like first verse is presented as it's almost this kind of like, you know, hip hop or um, it's a diss track, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, so the one place, actually, you know, the one place that I did think that I was like, oh, this is kind of like she is doing some sort of weird code switching was um, actually the next couple of lines. And and I'm just like, damn, it's 7 a.m. Yeah, the, the, the accent on damn is so like over enunciated. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> yeah, she sounds super it sounds weird. Sounds so weird. And then the like the best part about like this like first verse to me is like these next two lines uh, say it in the street that's a knockout but you say it in a tweet that's a cop out I'm like how the fuck does anybody else do shit nowadays It's all weird Twitter beefs that happen <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah yeah this is so lame this is like this is a diss track that immediately becomes the lamest shit ever but like yeah. yeah by like line five it's like and actually you said something mean to me that's on what Twitter. you're mad about that's what oh, i'm mad think about i'd be able to get away like say i had something shitty to say to taylor swift you think i'm not gonna immediately get arrested by walking up to her on like the streets of fucking new york or like tennessee or wherever the fuck she is and yelling at her well also say it in the street that's a knockout like taylor swift is not knocking anybody out if we someone says something mean to her in the streets maybe her bodyguard knocks you out yeah exactly or they just go hey you need to get away from her like that's what actually happens (laughs) there there is no sort of actual fighting that's happening between Taylor Swift and anybody uh, walking up to her on the street and saying something shitty. Right, and then you say in a tweet that's a cop-out, and I'm just like, hey, are you okay? So she's doing the, like, classic uh, Twitter thing that people do when they're getting owned on Twitter and being like, oh, no, I'm actually laughing. It's actually, this is actually funny to me. This is a variation. She's like... I'm actually concerned about you. Yeah. I, it's not that I hate what you're saying about, you know, it's not that you're being mean to me. It's that I think that you're the problem and that you are well balanced, unwell balanced. And I'm, you know, hoping to, to sort of figure out your psychology because I care about you. Yeah. Which is total bullshit. She's obvious. This is not the first song where she's just like, complaining about her haters right like (laughs) no this is this is in like in the taylor swift canon of music it is breakup songs talking about her haters are like two of her absolute staples like she's in the latter category she's like attempting to clap back in like the lamest way possible right And, and of course it's like it's so vague like, unlike a real diss track, where they just straight up, like, when Tupac told Biggie that he fucked his wife, like, that is some hard shit that's, like, a- actually funny, because it's not so vague that I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, when Nas was like, I'm gonna put you in a pine box with nine shots from my Glock, you're like, oh, oh, okay. Exactly. He's mad. <laughs> Whereas this is like... And I'm just like, hey, are you okay? Uh, you need to calm down. Like, it's the lamest. It's like the worst way to try to deal with someone that you don't like. Yeah, and also if somebody's like, if somebody's popping off at you, 
And, like, I've literally never been in a situation where one person is, like, losing their mind. And you're like, hey, you just need to calm down. And that person immediately becomes calm in any way, shape, or form. They just, like, immediately escalates it. Right. Yeah. The you need to calm down is is one of those things that obviously does the opposite of its intended message. And everybody knows it. But, yeah, so then we, we keep going on. It's a... Uh, I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression. I, I will say this. I do think that this next line is actually fairly well constructed, and I, at least from the way it flows. But but I've learned a lesson that stressing and obsessing about somebody else is no fun. That lesson that stressing and obsessing, I'm like, all right, that's... Yeah. All right, that's good. I like that. There's some fun internal rhymes, and I like the way that it's sort of like, yeah, it's... It's like this pre-chorus thing that go. it's just like this long thing, and she does it again in the song, and it's this words vomit almost of this, but it's like, it, it has a really nice rhythm, and it's, it's really well done musically, but I think that the problem is that still, she doesn't understand the difference between, like, criticism that is valid, and just like, haters. Because it's like, she is now an avatar for a lot more than herself. She is now this sort of cultural icon that shapes, yes. in some ways, the way that people think about the world. Like, that's what mega pop stars are. They are now a thing that affects our culture. And so, when you talk about them, or you analyze them, or you criticize them, that is, like, that's something that ought to be done with all culture. And I don't think that she, like, has, she can really pull that distinction away. She's just like... Everybody that says anything mean to me is a hater. Right. Well, I think she takes any sort of criticism as just being mean, and that's just not true. Right. Like, that, like you can be critical of someone very easily without trying to be mean. You can absolutely be mean and be critical at the same time. But yeah, that's like, that's... Sure. But also, like, not everything in the world is awesome. Right? Like, there are some things that are bad, and they we need to, like, have an yes. honest discussion about whether or not they are bad. And I feel like this is a sort of uniquely American pathology where no other country demands this sort of continual optimism and, and you oh, know, yeah. smiling I... the, from its citizens the way we do. Right? Like, yeah, like exactly. oh, the fucking person at 7-Eleven didn't smile at me. Uh, when, when I got my fucking coffee and asked me how my day was. Like, yeah, no shit, they work at fucking 7-Eleven. They probably got up at, like, 4 in the morning, and they're miserable. It's awful for you to try to, like, require them to pretend to be happy about your fucking buying your fucking corn dog or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, and that, and that bleeds into this, I, like, this, so this, like, pathologically optimistic like american ethos this whole idea that it bleeds into everything of like you need to have passion about your job like you need to like enjoy and work hard at at, at like the shittiest of skills and jobs and it's like why i don't really understand why working some job that is killing me day in and day out I need to put a smile on my face. Yeah. Just to like please some fucking Karen that comes <laughs> into the to the coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> and like it's like, oh, it's like, well, you didn't make the nice latte art on my fucking latte. It's like, bitch, I don't care. Like just it's still this the 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 latte art doesn't make the coffee any more energetic or doesn't give you any more. It's just like this nice little thing that you can 
that it's just an extra little thing on top that you are demanding of these workers <laughs> right. that is it's, oh, it's just absolutely insane. It just blows my mind. It's it's such a classic sort of capitalist thing, right? To just be like, no, the world is good all the time, and you need to be happy and placated at all times. And it's like, no, here's how the world works. Sometimes it fucking sucks. You know, there are things that suck, and then there are things that are good. And we shouldn't have to pretend that the things that suck don't suck, because it might make someone feel uncomfortable. Sometimes things just aren't good, and you can say, hey, this thing isn't good. And Taylor Swift is handsomely compensated for the fact yeah. that she is now someone that has entered the public conscious and that is has has grown beyond herself. And I think that the problem is that she's been doing this for so long mm -hmm. that she doesn't know any other like way to exist in this world. And it must be like like for her, it must be insane to have to deal with that because she can't dissociate herself as a person from herself as a cultural icon the way the rest of our culture can do, right? Like for her, it's like they're saying this about me. They are being mean to me. They are haters. Right. I mean, and for her, it's like, particularly for Taylor Swift, it's like she broke out onto the, the music scene, at least into the country music scene when she was like, what, 15 or 16, if that. So this has been her entire life. She has been in some spotlight or another. And I think you see in this song her. So for the longest time, she was very careful. And this is also just like, this whole thing of people calling her a snake and that ethos within like the last song uh, or the last, excuse me, the last album of Reputation where she's like, oh, I'm, I'm a snake or whatever. <laughs> you think I'm a snake. And it's like, you know, politically, yeah, you kind of are. You definitely are. It's like you took, like Taylor took the longest time to like always make sure that she was threading the needle, never making any... Uh, public statements that favored one side or the other i mean and i and i get that from a um like i don't think people should be getting their politics from celebrities but people do but at this at the same time it's like she made sure that everything that she did in life and everything she did in her music really up kind of up until this song um was i'm not taking a stance on anything I'm not for anything. I'm not against anything. And and I would argue not even up until this song, but I because I think that this song doesn't take a stance either. And we'll talk about that in the second verse. But I think she's still doing that, in fact, in this song. I think that she is a classic Republicans buy shoes too kind of person, right? Like she she will not take a side because part of her appeal is, I mean, she came from the country world. Her appeal is this sort of universal thing. And part of being universal is that you erase the specifics and the specific political stances and the specific sort of sides of the culture war in order to appeal to everybody. And I think that she's in some way sort of brilliantly able to do that, but it's also like it's such a shitty thing, right? Well, so I, th I think what we're seeing, and I was thinking about this uh, earlier in the week about how I forget who who brings this up, that like when the these culture wars and what happens is the left takes some stance and you know whether it be queer liberation or black liberation or whatever it was and the left takes this hard stance against what the prevailing norm is in the country and then eventually that just ends up being subsumed and eventually co-opted 
by the by the powers that be and this is almost seems because i mean you saw the whole thing of when barack obama was in charge and when hillary clinton was running of they were vehemently against uh gay marriage and they they were like i don't they, i think marriage is between a man and a woman and then when it became like it was no longer a political liability in favor of gay marriage you then they're like okay you know my views have changed it's like no you're just you're co-opting this because it's no longer a pol- a political liability for you yeah i mean it was and those you know the the sort of the centrist democrats like obama and hillary clinton are they are the 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 taylor swift of that world right they are trying to develop a a base that includes the right flank and the left flank and so yeah, when the cultural value, they're just reflecting the cultural values, right? They're not taking a strong stance on anything. Exactly. They're just saying, oh, okay, so now this is where we're at as a country, and it is advantageous to my political aspirations to do to do this a certain way. That I mean, but that's true of, you know, most politicians throughout American history, right? That they follow the the crowd rather than leading the crowd the people who lead the crowd are very unpopular right until usually until long after their you know their their heyday yeah that's and and then i think that so what we're seeing here is taylor coming out you know we are well past gay marriage bans have been struck down in the courts increasingly more and more people like well over a majority of people are fine with gay marriage and fine with a lot of aspects of of the lgbtq community i mean there are still cultural war things happening particularly against trans folks but it is not i will say this it is not a radical message in 2019 to be in favor of sort of generally in favor of um gay rights exactly or or i guess even then that's not even what this is it's anti-homophobia right is what the second verse of this song is yeah and so so I, to like get through i think like to me all right i'm just gonna say it like the chorus is catchy doesn't really say anything interesting i think it's actually funny that it's you need to calm down yeah with, with the first like what they're tweeting too loudly at you like what, yeah. why do they need to like they're being too loud like what is this is, is this is this you're your saying you're saying the quiet part loud is that actually what yeah it's like it's okay if you're homophobic just as yeah, long as you're yeah, just super loud you know, about it like take it down a notch you know just like look look i get i get that you're being homophobic but but like you know shh <laughs> that's that's literally what this song is saying <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's one thing when that's the chorus to the first verse because the first verse is about your Twitter haters or whatever. Right. But the second verse is literally about homophobes. It's it's just like, "Oh, that is way too flippant about the problem now." Yeah. You can't have that same. Right, they should have changed the lyrics of that chorus the second time so that it matched the the gravitas of the second verse because the second chorus now is basically just like Hey, those you know those Nazis—they really took things a little too far, huh? They should have—they should have calmed down a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Got got a little out of hand, if you ask me. It's like you know, if they just would have like kept it to like the Jews just had to wear stars and that's it, just so we knew who the Jews were, like that would have been okay. The concentration camps were like a little much. A dull roar, <laughs> yeah. you know. 
not a genocide. That's that's like, you know every, everything but else like, is that's fine. That's literally what she is saying in this song. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything else is fine. Like you know, just be you know depriving them of rights and stuff like that. Like that's fine. Just as, as long as you're just not executing them. The problem of homophobia is not that they're too loud about <laughs> right. it, right? Like the, the it was goddamn hooligans with their homophobic nonsense at all hours, waking up my dogs. I'm trying to sleep. Like that is not the issue with homophobia. Yeah, so, oh god, and then like the the okay. So I think we need to get into the second verse because like there's a way in which yeah. she frames homophobia that I'm like, no, that's not right. That, that's not. Uh, what's going on here but like so let's jump into the second verse really quick i have one more thing that i want to say about the uh the chorus which is where she says like can you just not and this is like such like this weird when did this happen when all cultural products now have this like weirdly sarcastic speech it's not even a joke it's just like this pithy thing that people say that everybody sort of recognizes as humor yeah uh can you not like can you just like not like that's like the new thing that people say now in lieu of saying anything real so yeah it's it's the it's the same it's like we've got this like package of ways we can respond to people that are supposed to be universally accepted as funny like you just like can you just not or cool story bro or like all all of this stuff that it's like uh huh. I don't get me wrong. I am I am all for uh, having, you know. There's lots of like idioms and things that we use that you can then, but like you expand upon that to actually be funny. It's like, but just say most people just end it with like, can you just not? Or and it's like, okay, can I just not what? Like, can you say something about that? Can you actually be funny? Uh, no, they, right. They just don't. Can these could these people just not? asking me to just not do stuff <laughs> like, yeah can, would, can they just not speak like this could you, could you oh just, you're speaking you like this speak cool like story this? bro <laughs> yeah it's like what the fuck is going on you're just in an infinite loop of just people saying that dumb shit yeah and then someone's like and then she says later i think at one point it's the same thing where she says like you need to take several seats like that's just like such a like yeah new thing that people say now and it's obnoxious yeah uh you need to take all the seats why when why are we doing this like why is this a thing that i have to now deal with everybody saying yeah it's yeah it's so uh so i mean we go from this like very self-centered first verse to this like this second verse of her i assume it or not assume i think she's defending her gay friends right and that's what's, what's hilarious about it is that she is now couching the struggle for gay rights as in the same terms that, that, that her Twitter haters are, you know, that, that they are, the Twitter haters are oppressing her the way that the homophobes I mean, oppress gay people. <laughs> like, that's, she's, she's basically making a one-to-one equation, right? Hey, I mean, well, dude, spot the lie. I don't know what you're talking about. It's, it's totally fine. <laughs> like, the struggles of a wealthy um, white woman are exactly the same. I don't, I don't, like, I, I, I don't know how you're, how, how it's any different. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that Matthew Shepard probably feels a lot like Taylor Swift when she gets a mean tweet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay, so you're coming at me like uh, you're coming at my friends like a missile. Why are you mad when you could be glad? Yeah. And I think that that's supposed to be a pun, yeah, right? That's, on that's like the gay lesbian alliance against defamation. That is definitely a pun because I. Uh, so I looked up to her. She released a a lyric music video to this. So when I originally looked at the lyrics, it was just glad G L A D. And then the right. mu- like the lyrics music video, it's G L A A D, and I was like, oh shit, like this is okay. Right. Because again, like this, this again comes to like when you're just listening to these lyrics and you don't know what they actually are written as, it is okay. So she's now she's moved from talking about her haters to talking about the haters of her friends. So I assume it's like her other famous friends. And and the the it's hilarious to think that the line is just. Why are you mad when you could be glad, right? Like, that is the most childish line of all time. Even with the pun, it's pretty lame. But without the pun, it's just, like, the worst shit ever written. Yeah. And so then, like, uh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this, like, the actual next line, sunshine on the street at the parade, I'm like, okay, I assume she's talking about a gay pride parade. Because at first, it's like, I'm not really sure what the fuck you're talking about. And then, really, the actual, the glad pun then actually makes... Uh, the rest of the second verse makes sense. You don't realize it unless you see the glad pun. And then also at the very end when she says, Shade never made anybody less gay. And then you can kind of go back and go, okay, like glad, pride, you know, be in the dark age, making the sign. So she's evoking these like, you know, like the Westboro Baptist Church or whatever with their like homophobic signs. Like, I I think that it's there. I will give her credit for like, uh, yeah, I I agree with you. Like at first I was like, oh, maybe she's trying to like have it both ways and like not really say anything too strongly. But like, I think that she is very clearly – this is a song about yeah. homophobes. Like this, this is a verse about homophobes. And so, like I when and that line, "Cause shade never made anybody less gay," I was like, "Is like I, there was two ways that I was interpreting that song. I think the the first one of like just yelling at people and demeaning them is not gonna make them less gay, or like I was like, is it that the throw throwing shade?" is some sort of like internalized homophobia like you've got your own gay thoughts and by oh. doing that because and, the, and huh. the reason i thought that and this comes into again because of uh the the music video where they one of the protesters turns out to be gay and like joins the crowd or like oh, and God. leave like leaves the crowd and joins the joins the party which like really set me off in the the idea that like that homophobia uh, is entrenched in some sort of like internal struggle with what with your sexuality and it's like that's like the right. least appealing or least interesting explanation for homophobia it's like you can hate things without it being necessarily uh an identity or a jealousy that's coming out it's like there are cultural reasons there are religious reasons that people hate and it's like yeah it's bound up with the patriarchy and it's bound up with toxic masculinity and it's bound up with all these different things and it's not just like this but people want the simple explanation right Right. people want it to just be like oh well they're they're homophobic because they're secretly gay and it's like no not necessarily like that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with anything 
It could, it, like, it's a much more systemic issue than that. I mean, and, and you get this, but you see this, like, this this type of logic gets it exploded onto so many other things. Like, oh, well, you only want socialism because you're jealous of what rich people have. It's like, no, like, right. I, I can't have any legitimate critiques of capitalism or culture that don't stem from some sort of inner jealousy or inner turmoil. Like, I want that. So, and because I don't have it, other people can't have it either. It's like, no, that's not, like, there are legitimate criticisms of these social, cultural, and economic systems right. that don't at all sit in some sort of internalized jealousy that I have towards the people who are able to exploit those systems to their greatest benefit while stepping on other people. There are actual, you know, ethical and moral uh, critiques yeah. that you can fucking make. It's like make. that Russell Brand quote about when I talked about inequality when I was poor, they called me jealous, and then now when I talk about it and I'm rich, they call me a hypocrite. Right. I'm starting to think that they just don't want to talk about inequality. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? Like, like it, it's, it's much more difficult to deal with the systemic issue of homophobia or racism or class inequality or something like that than it is to just say just ascribe it as a individual pathology of, of a certain type of person yeah right it's a lot easier to just go oh well that person's just crazy because of this reason and that now i don't need to deal with the problem yeah exactly and so now we have then we get back into the the chorus that is mostly vowels well hold on we, we gotta we gotta we gotta get uh we gotta get really through this second should, verse we... because now there's like there's well we were kind of we skipped over like the part about making the sign must have taken all night right and this is the part that i think is the crux of my argument against this song here's the issue with this song for me it doesn't mount any actual argument against homophobia it's just like uh i can't believe you spent all this time making that sign uh lame much you can take all the seats what you know like oh what are you steadfast dedicated to an ideology that's for fucking suckers yeah why don't you be cool and fun like us and have a party in the sh in the sunshine this is the if hillary clinton won we'd be at brunch right now yes. of songs right like yes i'm i'm it, snapping this, so loud to that <laughs> <laughs> like, like the the problem with homophobia is it's bad because it's destructive and hurtful right. not because it's like a stupid way to spend your saturday yes. right like like the critique here is it's it's ostensibly fighting against homophobia but it's offering in its place a sort of just like bland uncritical hedonism that is really against the very idea of any political commitments yeah. rather than just a particular one right so you know the sign oh oh the, how long did that sign take you could equally apply to a sign for higher wages or medicare for all or whatever right, right? it's of course, homophobia is a more effective straw man because no one in the culture, well, you know, a lot of people in the culture, in, in a certain type of culture, have moved past right. that. But, right, like only, now it's kind of known that only factual assholes hate gay people. Yes. Right? But essentially, this isn't a, a song that has any actual political commitments. It's actually a song against the very idea of political commitments yeah i know no well so and it's 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 a song against i mean and the lyrics are very much basically telling people that like okay as long as you just sit down make peace with folks and then don't say the quiet part loud as long as you don't go full mask off like that's fine like you can keep it's it's almost like 
so are you telling people that they can keep being homophobic as long as they're just not dicks about it? Right. It's 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 that same. Remember, like back in the '90s, people would say stuff like, "Oh, I don't have any problem with gay people as long as they don't shove it in my face." Yeah, it's like you you be gay all you want, just don't be gay around me. Like it's like, what the fuck is that? Right, and it's like, well, no, then they can't be gay all they want because you're saying essentially the way that you want to live your life ought to be done in dark shadows. Like you do have a problem with homophobe or with with gay people if that's what you know. If that's the if that's your solution, if your solution is as long as they hide in dark corners, right. they can do whatever they want. That's not a solution, and that's basically what this song is saying. Is like, it, it's it's doing that, but for homophobes, right? You can be homophobic as long as you do it in the corner, as yeah. long as you don't, you know, as long as you're not too loud, as long as you tone it down a little bit. Yes, exactly, and it's 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 this weird. It it's I will say, you know, there is a place for. You know, it is Taylor's taking this uh, opening up this gay space uh, and this queer space to to her fans or to potentially her LGBTQ fans. And it's like, oh, hey, like, you know, she supports us. Like, I, I can understand how that can be a that could uh, in the same way that when other musicians take on issues that are important to me or experiences that I have. It's like, okay, this can be comforting or you can find some comfort in this. But it's like, it's just, uh, you know, kudos to her for doing that. But like at the same time, the then the arguments that she makes just really set up a, a, a really bad precedent and idea um, of just trying to toe that center line of not actually force it, you know, pushing for any forceful change, which is what we, you know, that's the politics of our country seems to be. You know, we never want any radical, forceful change. The people who call for that are crazy. They are they are radicals. They you don't you shouldn't listen to them. But the ones who are like, oh, you know, the third way type of folks who are like, well, we can we can compromise and we can uh, find some sort of middle ground. And it's like, yeah, and that middle ground has been like stepping on people for centuries and continues right. to disadvantage uh, to disenfranchise folks. And we'll continue to disenfranchise folk as long as we keep taking this kind of middle ground centrist bullshit. Like people are going to continue to suffer. But hey, man, we got some songs that uh, that make us feel good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost like for her fans, like this is the least she could do, right? Like she is not she's not coming out with any overt political commitment. She's basically just like, you need to calm down. In in a way, she's trivializing the problem. All right, so then. Then we get the chorus again, and like we said, that now that, you know, the chorus is one thing when it's about her Twitter haters, but now it just feels so not adequate to the task at hand of dismantling homophobia. Well, and then, right? yeah, like, no, it ab- absolutely, like, the chorus, like, fails here in a in a way, because, like, it's this, and, and I know a lot of people have been saying that this song is an anti-homophobia anthem, and, like, honestly... It want you know maybe she wants it to be or it wants to be, but then it's just not because we go from it seems like she's talking about uh, people being mean to her, and then we get back to this like final uh, or this bridge, yeah. That it's like, <laughs> wait, so who are you? The bridge talking is back about? to her. Yeah, we're back right? to her. It's like there's this sort of wonderful metaphor about her inability to care about something for more than just like a little bit right it's like 
this this song is about me, and then, oh, like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to think about homophobia and all the problems with it for a little bit. But then, you know, I'm it's back to me. Let's let's put the spotlight back on me, on my friends, and uh, let's just go back to the real problems, which are my haters and my friends' haters. Yes. And, it's, and so it definitely, that to me is where it gets into, like, trivializing... By like, literally, it's like okay, I I cut a one verse about this this issue that's very important to a lar- a large number of people in around the world, and it's like look, I gave you a verse, and so it's just like then we go back to talking about her and her friends, and it just seems like okay, you did the bare minimum that you needed to, or that you know either that you needed to or that you were willing to sandwiching this second verse in between these other two verses, it really just feels like she's like, okay, fine, homophobia is bad, okay? Are you happy? Great. Now, back to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's just like, it, it, it seems incredibly disappointing that it's like, you have a chance to take a strong stand and uh, you kind of blew it. Yeah. So I'll ask you this. I'll ask you this, Gabe. Gabe. Darren. Gabe. Does this song slap? You know, I I am I am actually grappling with this question. No, it doesn't slap. I, I, I have to I have to pull the trigger and I have to I have to make a make a decision. Yeah. And as much as I think that this song is a jam, like it's catchy, it's got I like the beat, I like I actually really like the melody. Yes. And but like I just it's just not like you know, I I frequent I frequented uh, gay clubs a lot, and like the anthems for for the gay community, like like Born This Way by Lady Gaga, like that shit slaps. Yes, like that, like that is a jam from start to fucking finish. And this is just like okay, this is kind of this like mid tempo, mid tempo song that just like. Yeah, it's catchy. It's a pop, it's a it's a it's a little pop gem, but like Yeah, it's you know what it is? It's not a it's not a party song, but it's right. like a poolside song, right? Like it's like it's a poolside or like, you know, but I think that she was she had the idea of like this is a song that they could play at the gay pride parade, you know, everybody's having fun and it's like it's not like a club jammer, right? It's not like born this way where you're just like right. you want to fucking dance. It's like this kind of, yeah, a little more subdued, but I think that that's a good, like, like, there needs to be more songs in the, you know, in the, in the slap mm-hmm. canon that do that, I think, but I kind of come down exactly where you do. I think musically, this song would slap, and I think that she, she really had two choices. She could have made it just a song about haters, mm-hmm. like, her haters, right? which, when she does that, like, this song probably would have slapped, because, like, Shake It Off is a, is, a, is a song that I think slaps. Oh, yeah, absolutely, agree. Like, she she has the capacity to write songs about haters that do slap. Right, and then, and then it's like, okay, you're just writing a song about your haters, I don't, like, I don't need to care, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't, like, I'm not emotionally right. invested or politically invested in this at all, so I can just have fun with this dumb song. Oh, you know, her other option was she could have written a song that actually went... And, and talked about why homophobia is destructive in an interesting way. But here, she tries to do both and ends up doing neither. Because you can't quite just think of it as this fun, frivolous song, because it does try to have this political message, but then at the same time, the political message is so muddled and terrible yep. that you can't actually get into it. So I think 
Musically, it would slap, but the lyrics are just such a mess that I can't give it the full slap.